What is your profession? Welcome to OCR Audio with your hosts, Luke and Jack. So here we are with episode seven of the OCR Audio podcast. Myself, Luke and Jack. How you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Excellent. I'm doing good. Good. Let's crack on with some big news to start off with, Luke. Facebook, Kitbricks, have you seen it? Yep. So today, Kitbricks put out a post um, regarding the OCR team that they would no longer have one, which uh, is not great. really. Yeah, uh, not, not good news at all. Considering you know, not only the last few months they've had a kit, um, a launch of a new kit, you know, mixed up the team, got a new few new guys on the team, um, only to find out this morning that that's all gone Pete Tong somewhere along the line. Yeah, it was uh, like you said, they had the kit launch, which was kind of a big thing, I guess. No other teams had launched a kit, so it was a uh, an interesting thing that. Maybe a month or so down the line, they have uh, pretty much folded, which uh, is not great for the sport. We don't want races and teams to disappear. We want more, <laughs> no, more ready, more, yeah, more competitive. Uh, no, for sure. What, what, I mean, what first thoughts? Obviously, we don't know anything about it. What, what, what do you think? Like, why do you think it's happened? Just purely money thing, or do you think that? I mean, I personally think that the kit bricks themselves have gone into too many types of sports um big in triathlon big in running and cycling for sure um so whether they just try to take off too much as a team and they really want to push in different you know different areas and maybe the ocr community is too big for them now to really commit you know a small team to so you know they're um they're definitely deep in with a lot of other uh other sports swimming um, triathlon, as you said, and cycling as well. Um, so, not really sure what happened or why it broke down. It could be a money thing. It could not be. Um, but yeah, sad to see him go. And then uh, be interesting to see where all the guys who are part of the team end up. Um, yeah. On the open market, I guess, free transfers. Open market, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, there's no one really any good there now, is there? Let's be honest. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd be worth having. You'd be worth having. Not that I've That's got a it. team so, to take you on, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was the the interesting Facebook news from today, OCR community-wise. Yeah, not good, um, man. That's the- um. All the best for everyone that's in that team, and hopefully they find other teams, and you know things go forward. Yes. Um, Talking about going forward this weekend, what do you got going on? Big race. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> long race. Long. Long race. race. Not big race. A long race. Long race. So yeah, this weekend is Europe's toughest mother. Whoop whoop. Which is eight the... hours of complete grueling pain. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Um, I guess eight-hour OCR endurance race that um, we've all come to know as toughest mudder. 
So, concepts, you're basically going around a Tough Mudder course, five-mile um, course for laps. You've got eight hours to complete as many laps as you can. Um, you've got all the general Tough Mudder obstacles on there. Um, Funky Monkey, um, Arctic Enema, which was freezing last year and absolutely KO'd me. Um, <laughs> It did. Um, but then you think you've got Kong, um, which is probably going to be Kong Infinity this time with the big barrel, which will be interesting. Um, How many plenty. obstacles are there in total? Oh, 20 plus, I think. 20 don't plus quote, a lap. Yeah, don't, don't quote me on that. But and some you're of looking them are, at five are, mile laps? Yeah, five mile laps. Um, and you've got eight hours, obviously, to go ahead and try as many as you can in. Um, starts at 12 at night, finishes at 8 in the morning, which is the one I feel one of the biggest differences to a normal uh, kind of endurance race. Yeah, yeah. It's all in the night and you're starting quite late, 12 o'clock that, to start a race. That does affect your racing, doesn't it? Like, because you're yeah. almost at that point, um, ready for bed. <laughs> <laughs> ready? So, well, you know what I mean? Like, you've not asleep or you're starting to tire by that point. So, I suppose yeah. the general question is, how do you train for something like that? Obviously, I know you're training for normal, but how do you then change your training for an event like that, especially um, sleep and mindset? How, how, have you gone about it? Well, um, pretty much. I'm normally a bit weird anyway. I like to go for a run quite late. Mm. <laughs> so normally on my Strava, I'm clocking up runs at like 10.30, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And normally after my shift at work... I gotta get back and head out for my, uh, whatever run I've got planned that day. So, luckily. That's gonna work in your favour then, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's gonna work in my favour. I've been kind of making my runs a little bit later, um, last week and this week. So they've been in and around like 10 o'clock, finishing at 11, maybe a little bit later than that. Tomorrow I've got a six mile run to do, so I'll probably do that. And one in the morning? No, I'll do it. Maybe. In a wetsuit? <laughs> I might be in the wetsuit. I might be in the uh, the swim run wetsuit I've got. But yeah, I might do that later, like 11, half 11, just uh, to keep up the the body so it knows it's going to do something later at night. And then do you try to sleep um, the day before, all day, and wake up for like race start? Or do you think, screw it and just go... How are you planning that? Um, I've got to work the morning, and then I've got to drive. So, <laughs> you don't do things um, easy, do you, mate? No, unfortunately not. I can't. I can't just take the day off. I've got to. I've got to work. So I've got to do that, and then I've got to get to the race. So it'll either be car or train. I still haven't decided yet. Which is but, a heck of a heck of a journey for you as well, from Paul to Grantham. Yep, yeah, like four hours of travel. Um, but either way, some somewhere I'll get some hours sleep. I'll last year I did the whole drive and then had about an hour sleep in the car and then went. So if I can get a couple of hours, three hours, four hours, I'll be fine. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, so pretty much last year, what I clock up uh, twenty five miles last year. Um, I. Bonked out at around about 15 miles as I came into lap four of my um, 25 miles 
literally the cold got to me going in the water Brock Ness Munster then going into Arctic Enema my body was just literally shivering shaking I was like almost run shaking and Arctic Enema for no one that hasn't done one before is basically a skip isn't it a 40, 40 yeah. yard skip filled with ice water and you have to be fully submerged into the skip under like a dunk wall back out the other side yeah and the thing to do with those is just to run your hardest at the other end to try and get warm, but at, what, 3 in the morning when you've done 25 miles probably isn't the easiest thing to do. No, just my legs would not move last year. My calf seized up. Um, they had, like, some 5-foot wall or 6-foot wall that I tried to do, and my calves literally went into spasm. I was just like... Oh, in there. Oh, <laughs> it hurts. So it was not uh, not a good thing. But did you have um, wetsuit on last year? No, I had some really really thin tri suit that I brought from my protein. <laughs> Shout out! It cost thirty pounds from my protein. Uh, um, literally last year, I just signed up to the event. I was like, oh, I watched Wells Toughest Mudder. I thought, oh, that looks. Pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so when it came to the UK in the shorter eight-hour version, I was like, oh, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to do it. Never done a race that lasted more than two hours before that. Um, That's deep end stuff, mate, isn't it? <laughs> so I kind of just turned up and I was like, oh, yeah, I got some food. I've got my thin tri-suit and some leggings and whatever. A couple of T-shirts and stuff. I'll be fine. I have to say that's that's pretty. Uh, I'm not sure if that's mm, stupid or, or uh, you know, just I don't know really. Um, well, I don't really think I let I I knew what I was letting myself in for last no, year. No. But sometimes of, that's always the best way, though, isn't it? Like, don't if you don't know the race and you get into the race, then it's too late. You can't back. We well, can back out. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like. Enjoy the race. Even if it's hurting, just finish the race off and enjoy it. Especially with a, a lapped thing like that, you can always pull out. Not that I'm suggesting you do, but, you know, um, <laughs> you can just pull out and call it quits and say, you know what, I've done 25 miles. I'm happy with that. So what was your time last year? What, how many miles? Uh, 25 last year. That, that was 25. So yeah. this year is 26 to beat, yeah? Well, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm hoping maybe 30 this year. If I could get 30 plus, that'd be pretty good. That's five um, laps then, yeah? Well, five and the, the extra half, or would that be six? Six laps. You'd have yeah. to do six laps. So, normally the first lap is the sprint lap, where there isn't um, any of the general obstacles open, like Funky Monkey, Kong won't be open. It's kind of a run-through lap. Um... So I think last year I did that in like 36 or 37 minutes, which is way too quick. I went out stupidly fast, found myself in like the lead few people. And I was like, oh, I'm not really going to slow down. I'm just going to keep going. This will be fun. Yeah. And even when I went through my first lap, I didn't pit. Right. I just pitted on. I was like, oh, I can get another lap in. That was easy. Um, yeah, didn't didn't really think that I'd be running for like an hour and 15 minutes without eating. Um, So I'd have gone through two laps, took me 40-something minutes on the second lap or that. Yeah, about an hour and something minutes without eating. 
really should have pitted, um, took a gel on or something just to keep myself going. So yeah, I don't think that helped. I think my nutrition last year was a bit of a downfall as well. So this year I'm going a bit smarter. I will be making sure I pit each time and getting a, a general amount of food in so I can continue to walk, run. How does the pit work? Do. Do, do you have your car pulled up or do you have a tent? How does that work? No, well, last year they had like a massive marquee and in the marquee they had tables and you get, um, I think it's two foot by four foot space, enough space to put like a bag on and lay out a few bits of food. You don't need stupid amounts of kit though. People no. have like, suitcases and racks of wetsuits and everything. It was crazy. It's like a jumble sale. Yeah. It's like a TK Maxx OCR. <laughs> TK Maxx OCR. It was. I see, um, talking of wetsuits, I see you bought a swim run wetsuit. Um, yes. So that is basically a, a thin enough so you can run and be flexible and move in it, but it just gives you that added bit of... Um, which yeah. sounds silly considering today's been like, what, 29 degrees? But um, it just gives you that added sort of stay away from the cold. But like you say, you're starting at, what, 12 in the morning? So... It's, um, I think it's the thing with just with the immersion in the cold, it's not, you're only going to go in once, it's you're going to go in every lap for like four or five laps. You could end up going in Arctic Enema four times, five times, yeah. God yeah. knows how many times, because if you're doing that many laps, that Loch Ness Monster just constantly going in and out of cold water at like four or five in the morning, it's going to be cold. So... Yeah. I just thought, well, I'll invest in one. Um, it might even make me want to do a swim run at some point. So, God knows They're good what. Fun, man. They're good fun. <laughs> but yeah, some, so that's something that I purchased that uh, might be good. Other things, um, I'll probably be using my IROX uh, as my shoe of choice. Two shout outs in one podcast. What's going on? <laughs> um, and then what else have I got that's going to show? Oh, I've got. Um, Rock tape gloves, talon gloves. Yeah, which, man. Which, um, wear gloves for OCRs, but as it gets later into the night, just keep the hands warm and also the amount of laps I'm going to do. Grip strength might be going, so I'll have those that I can put on if needed. What What's the rules if like um like Funky Monkey's in there uh, and you you come off that midway? Do you have to do it? Is it like you have to? Um, finish the obstacles or is it a case of if you fall off you just carry on running no there'll be a penalty for some obstacles like Funky Monkey um, I think last year was a like a 500 meter run or something I did I think I came off Funky Monkey once on one lap and it was above water so that was another went in. Um, that was the only obstacle that I failed last year so I don't know what all the penalties were um, it was just a little run. We just had to do. We had to swim to the end of the water, get out, and then you had to run like 500 meters or something. So it just takes up your time from doing extra lap, basically. Yeah, it just eats into your time. Um, I'm sure they'll have carries, um, um, and little runs, stuff like that. It'll be like a sandbag carry or runs. But uh, realistically, all the obstacles are quite big, at, um, tough mudder. Um, the only thing that if I guess could fail you is grip strength. Um, there are quite a lot of grip orientated obstacles. So if you do lose that, then yeah, you might have to take a penalty lap. 
but it's nothing unachievable. It's not like you know, we're doing I'm, thousands I'm of. Ro- I'm right in thinking that Tough Mudder um, don't set out to uh, make you fail, do they? Unlike Spartan, where they want you to fail, <laughs> unlike some of the other races where they grip after grip after grip. I do think Tough Mudder is more about an accomplishment of things, isn't it? Yeah, I guess well, like. I got that wrong. <laughs> I guess like the general one is more of a um, an accomplishment to do the, the Tough Mudder course. Um, it seems like they're doing more of the competitive side as well now with Tougher Mudder, um, Toughest Mudder, and TMX kind of stuff. So there is an element of failure in obstacles. Um, we are seeing, I guess, more technical obstacles that they've made Kong a lot harder than it was last year. High, high rings is not overly a difficult obstacle. What they've done wrong now, they put it in some kind of like telephone wire circular wooden thing with, um, rings attached to it and you've got to pull yourself forwards and then down some monkey bars. That doesn't look easy. I will find out on Saturday. (laughs) But yeah, so they've, um, they did just do America's Toughest Mudder South um, the weekend just gone. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's probably nothing the same as what's going to be in Europe's Toughest Mudder, but we'll just look through what like the top three guys were um, and look at their times. So Ryan Atkins won, who won almost every Toughest Mudder last year. Um, he's also one of two guys to get 50 miles in an eight hour in the eight hour race, which was unreal. Um he did it three times and John Alban did it once last year at Europe's Toughest Mudder. Um so yeah, Ryan Atkins got forty five miles this weekend just gone. Um Sean Stevens Whale got forty five miles and Brian Gowalski got forty five miles. Um if you're looking at their timings, they're all averaging kind of starting off in and around 38, 40 minutes for first lap, 40 minutes kind of for second lap, 45, 47, 49, so all under an hour for each lap. Um, Do you you have tactics how you want to go? Um... I'm thinking maybe I'm going to aim for around about similar 40 to 45 minute first lap as it's the run through lap and then just kind of make it round in and around um, under an hour each lap as best I can. Right. Yeah, I think once it gets to um, 20 to 25 miles, I'll know kind of how I'm feeling and what. Um, how much I can push on if I can go get more miles if I can just see it out I think it's one of those races where you've got to kind of go with as you're feeling you yeah much because it's a long <laughs> a long endeavour a long race but you've got to go for it I guess I, I love I, um, I've done a couple of uh, 24 hour run races and it's amazing. You can sit weeks and weeks before the race and you can plan what 
what yeah. mileage you want to do and what speed you want to do and when you get out there you know you think okay I've set myself to do nine minute mile laps and you go yeah. out and you do and you think oh that's too slow and you pick up a little bit and you think oh that's only a few seconds but you know by the time we've done 60 odd miles that really starts to kick your ass you know and you think yeah. oh I just wish I'd gone those 10 seconds slower the first few laps you know so yeah it's it's a mind game race and that's really enjoyable it sounds silly because it could screw you over at the same time but I think yeah. with the added obstacle, I don't know why I'm not doing this race. I'm talking myself into doing it next year. <laughs> um, I know why I'm not doing it this year, but um, but yeah, no, it's a real great idea of racing. Do you think they'll bring a world's toughest mother to England? Oh, I think they should. I really think. Where they would should. they do it? Would do you reckon they'd have to put it on a hill? Because obviously, where you're going um, near Beaver Castle, Grantham, that's it's quite flat round there. It's not ridiculously hilly, so the terrain. Yeah. Um, do you think they'd have to put it? Do they notoriously put them on hilly courses or? Well, the last few years they've had it at um, Las Vegas, haven't they? Um, they've moved it this year. Oh, I don't know where they've moved it to. Um, but it's not in Vegas this year. They've moved it somewhere else within the States. Um, but I think they should move it to Europe at least for one year. Mm. Just come over here, even if it's not UK. Um, I know they're also doing a toughest mudder in Germany. Um, they did have one planned for Scotland, but it's been cancelled for some reason. So is that the eight-hour one? Yeah, that's a, the, the toughest mudder one is the eight-hour version. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, if they could bring World's Toughest to Europe, it'd be amazing because it's a uh, it's an expensive race plus the flights to it. Hmm. Too expensive. Too expensive, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I'll, you should be signing up for next year, definitely. Mate, I, I've almost talked myself into doing it. I've just put a little note on my pad, must do next year. <laughs> it's good, no, like the concept of it. And um, obviously we've seen now kind of Spartan have released their 24-hour race, which is in Iceland. Do you uh, think like Spartan it? are going to do an eight-hour one just to really challenge with Tough Mudder? Well, I guess they already do. They got the ultra. Yeah, but it's not lapped though, is it? Mm, normally, it's a different concept. It's, a, I guess, yeah, a different concept. It's generally two laps of a beast distance course, which you're looking at. It generally, takes somebody about seven and a half to eight hours to complete. So it's very, very similar. But in the sense of the actual winning, though, like, for instance, your particular race you're doing this weekend, it's how many miles you can cover in a certain time. Of course. Which I like the idea of, because you know then you've got eight hours, you know you've got 24 hours to to challenge yourself personally to do as many miles as you can, whereas the ultra, obviously, is a distance, and you've got to compete that in a time. Mm. Yeah, it is. Um so obviously they got the um, the Ultra World Championships, which is in Iceland, and yeah. they did that one for miles, how many laps you could do. That's 24 hours, isn't it? Yeah, that was 24 hours. So I guess they've obviously linked up the concept. I don't know if they'll do a smaller version to kind of match Tough Mudder, but um, I do like the concept. I think an eight-hour race is a bit more appealing to a lot of people. The standard than, person, yeah. Yeah, yeah than a 24-hour race. It's very specialised, isn't it? 24-hour yeah. race. And not only that, like, if you think, like, even in UK, the top elites, top 10 elites in the UK, 
to to train for a 24-hour Spartan race takes a lot of time out your training, out your plan. It takes a lot of planning, doesn't it? Of time, course. money. Whereas an eight-hour, a bit like you're going to prove this weekend, you can do that and still follow your typical training plan with good recovery and yeah. preparation, I suppose. Well, yeah. If you look at last year, I think... Um... Europe's toughest mudder was one weekend, and then a week later was the Spartan race in Gloucester. I think right. that's fell last year. So I went and ran Europe's toughest mudder, managed to recover somehow after not being able to walk for a few days, and then ran the Gloucester race um, the weekend after. So is it the mileage that does your legs, um, or the obstacles? I think it was a mix of everything. <laughs> it KO'd me. Mainly the cold got to me and I just, my whole body kind of like seized up. And then when I stopped and we finished the race, I think that's when my legs kind of like thought, nah, we're not moving anymore. The end. Done. Yeah, so driving home was a nightmare. Oh, mate, yeah. Yeah, I know how that feels. I fell asleep on my first 24 hour race. I came in at 60 miles, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and I thought to myself, I'm going to crawl into the back of my Suzuki, I'm going to fall asleep for an hour. I set my alarm, and literally I was tucked in the back, all curled up like a little baby. <laughs> I set my alarm for an hour, and it went off, and I remember waking up, and I couldn't move my legs. Oh. And I was like, do you know what, I don't I don't even want to walk or get up, let alone go and run another lap. Oh. I just physically couldn't bring myself to go run another lap. I, in fact, I fell over walking to the toilet, that's how much it hurt. Um, the following year, I went with slightly different tactics and did a lot better. But um, yeah, man, I know how that feels. No, not being able to get up a set of stairs is good fun. Yeah, that is uh, is pretty devastating. And you think this is what it feels like to be eighty? <laughs> yeah, this is what I've got to come. <laughs> it's what I've got to come. Oh, mate, so that when's that? So that's Saturday at twelve o'clock, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much Saturday evening, twelve o'clock all the way through till eight Sunday morning. Um, normally Tough Mudder put some kind of live, live, um, I'd say the live feed. No, I don't think they do a feed. They do like a live tracking system. So you. What's can... your number, Luke? On the spot. What's your number? I don't know. <laughs> you wrote it on your vest earlier. Oh, that was my last year's number. Ah, uh, bugger. I will. I, think was... I will Facebook it or. I'll yeah, Instagram man. Let let our followers follow you. Yeah, you can follow my struggle. Um, yeah. They can complain. We'll all cheer when you get over 25 miles. Whee! That'll be the goal. Get to that 30. I'll be happy with that. Yeah, man. So that is your aim. 30 and you're happy. I think, well, yeah. Last year, contender status for World's Toughest Mudder was 25 miles. So they gave you a patch. Right. You get a 25-mile patch. um, And then this year... For the guys, it's 30 miles is contender status and 25 for the women. Um, they give patches out for that, I think, and also 50. Um, no, I'm not sure many, anybody's going to get the 50 this year. Um, but yeah, so you got the sprint lap bib. Um, you get, um, obviously, Top three, I think top five are getting uh, money in this one. I think winners four thousand, and then it's all the way down to fifth place, like two hundred pounds or something. And who are we expect to turn up this weekend? Any <coughs> big names? 
I don't know. John Alvin went last year and won. Um, Chad Trammell came over from America, who is a regular um, podium winner in America at Europe's toughest, uh, world's toughest mudder, um, and loads of other races. I don't know who's going to turn up this weekend. Um, I doubt John Alvin's going to be there because it's the World Trail Running Championships. Okay. I think so might... one less place. Um, there was a few other people that are going. I know uh, I've been looking on Instagram and there's quite a few people putting um, pictures up from last year or stuff about this year that they're going to be going. I suppose you've got the few wildcards as well, haven't you? Like the people that you haven't, you know, have probably been training behind the scenes or don't know or haven't seen this season. You know, yeah. just pop up, feeling fit and fresh and go for it, you know? Yeah, I think, well, you're going to have, obviously have some kind of more endurance-based people going to be coming up to it. Um, last year, there was quite a lot of um, European presence, um, Scandinavian, Central European guys coming over. Um, Arctic anime doesn't upset them. Yeah, they they love the cold. Um, and Scandinavians. A, yeah. I know there's a few uh, guys from Sweden coming and messaged me on Instagram saying they were there. Um, Should be a good turnout out there, dude. Yeah, it looks like it'll be a fun one. Um, as long as I don't freeze to death, I will, <laughs> I will enjoy it, I'm sure. Um, you can't do that, man. I can't do the podcast on my own. <laughs> He'd come back. I, I will call in from the ice bath. <laughs> yeah. I will try and also get some good footage while I'm there. Probably not. I will let my pit crew take the footage. And yeah, why not, man? Who is your pit crew? Who have you, who have you picked? <laughs> I've taught my girlfriend into coming. <laughs> yes. She absolutely hates me for it. But yeah, but then it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Nah, man. So Nothing like a loving been... hug and a kiss when you need it. Of course. Um, so what have you got planned this weekend? Is anything obstacle course related or fitness related? Mm, yeah, just running my plan, I suppose. So I've got a long run Saturday and I think Sunday's a rest day. So I'll be thinking about you Sunday. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, man, no, it's, um, my partner's, um, my partner's birthday, which is why I'm not doing your race. Otherwise I'd be racing with you for sure. Um, so I can't obviously say what we're doing because she'll probably listen to this podcast and I've just ruined the secret. But oh. I've planned something uh, with groups of friends uh, on the Sunday. So I might even let my hair down and have a quick beer. Hope the weather's uh, hope the weather's as good as it has been and we'll probably whack the barbie on and enjoy some good food. But yeah, no, um, training-wise, Saturday would be my long run um, and just basically just general training up to that. But enjoying training at the minute. It's going well. Um, feel good, so... Looking forward to the next Spartan race, really, and smashing it out. So, and I've just seen, actually, I don't know if you've seen um, the new trifecta medal that they've posted today. Basically meaning, I don't know if you have to pay for it or not, but you get an extra medal uh, for a weekend trifecta. Basically meaning if you do the sprint, the super and the beast all in one weekend at either Ed, not Edinburgh, Ber- Perth or Windsor. Yeah. Um, you'll get one of these flash medals. Um, again, I'm not sure if it's a freebie or if it's a, a pay for thing, my Bobby. I'm sure we'll 
confirm Ooh, that when it comes out, but they look pretty smart, the old medals. Yeah, I'm just looking at a picture of it now on Instagram. It does look cool. Weekend trifecta finisher. A bit of a bling. Yeah, it's an extra one uh, for the stand, I guess. So, and of no, course, that's... if you uh, if you haven't signed up for trifecta yet or any race, come to that, whether it be an ultra or a beast, then mm-hmm. obviously you can use our code Spartan Audio at checkout for 15% off plus freebies, i.e. bag bag drop and car park. So that's uh, all capitals Spartan Audio in the old checkout to uh, get some free stuff and some money off. Of course. And the best thing about it is it's for any wave. Yeah. Any age group or open. So if you want to come and take on me and Luke, do it. Don't if you're fast. Don't um, if you're fast, no. No, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and no, unfortunately, uh, Jesse Betts messages you telling me that he would continue doing Spartan, although I told him he should retire. <laughs> He's going to message you again. He should really retire now. He hasn't got a team. Oh, <laughs> we'll bring him on to the OCR audio team. Yeah, yeah, OCR audio all the way. No, we don't have any old crap. <laughs> Only the best. Of course, of course. Of course, man. So, good luck, Luke, at the weekend. It's going to be epic, man. I'm I'm really gutted I am not there. But, um, for sure, I can't wait to hear about it Monday. Of course. I'm sure we'll do another podcast with uh, either my uh, final remarks <laughs> or uh, my review of the event. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to it. It'll be great. Never good, man. Nice one. Right. That's Have me done. Day. Yeah, you too, mate. Take care. Bye. Spartans! What is your profession? You've been listening to OCR Audio with Luke and Jack. See you next time.